When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend, the raging bull, Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hey, this is Bill DeMott, and if you think you're tough enough, you'll listen to In the Room with Brady Hicks. And if you're not tough enough, <laughs> you'll listen to the strolling Kathy. But I'm here to tell you, Hugh Morris says so, Bill DeMott says so, and if you have to answer the general election, he says so. <laughs> In the Room with Brady Hicks. You better be listening. Wrestling Network on VOCNation.com. Brady Hicks here. And uh, by the way, we're on your favorite podcast platform as well. Check them out. We're Spotify and, and iTunes and, and Stitcher and, and, my God, all of them. You know, all of them. Yeah, be sure to check us out. Uh, Odyssey, formerly Radio.com, iHeartRadio, all that jazz. So be sure to check us out on all those platforms. I'm Brady Hicks. With me, as always, the lovely Kathy Fitz. How you doing tonight, Kathy? Oh, hanging in, Brady, hanging in. 
Yeah, I know you've been through a rough week. It sounds like everybody has. It's uh, kind of yeah. sucks, but uh, thoughts and prayers, guys. Thoughts and prayers for your own. Thank you. Uh, we also have Papa Stro Maestro. How you doing, sir? Uh, great to be back here with you guys. I was on set close to last week, uh, kicking out, making a comeback health-wise, so I'm uh, ready to Ready to do this. <laughs> you're always you're on the mend. Yeah, yeah. For me too. Yeah, for sure. I was saying there's got to be something going around. So uh, it just feels like everybody. Yeah. Can. And I work from home, so I'm not exposed to it like I was, Kathy. You know, but it's uh, it's been bad out there. So. Oh. Um, anyway, speaking of bad, we have Mecca Brian Johnson from Ring of Honor tonight. He's a bad guy, Kathy. Uh, he don't care for me too much, but I think we're going to have a good time anyway. Uh, <laughs> 914-338-1885. So, Mecca Brian Johnson. Kathy, I also talked to an old friend today. I, I was telling Stroh off air. Um, uh, I was talking with Johnny Swinger today. Really? Yeah, I love Johnny. He's great. I told him he's my favorite part of Impact every week. I was like, hey, Daddy, you got to come on, baby. <laughs> he's great. He's great. Yeah. So I'm hoping we'll be able to work that out with Impact Wrestling. We'll see. But uh, it'd be great to uh, to have him on the air with us. And uh, you were kind of busy this weekend, Kathy. Uh, the big event looked like a lot of great pictures. I was up there on Saturday and uh, <laughs> ran into an old friend, Brian Lee. And, okay. Uh, was he only there for prime time? Huh? Never mind. I just said, was he only there for the prime time? Will you stop, please? And then, of course... How did he lock up his bike? Did he have a chain? Sorry, I'm done. Uh, I'll stop. I'll be here all night. Try the fish. Oh, please. And then the nature boy, Ric Flair. Okay. All right. What's Ric Flair up to? Was he... uh, The... The one I was more excited about, Brady, was meeting yeah. Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey. Oh, that's awesome. See, I was thinking Steve oh. Harvey. Who's Steve Garvey? No, Garvey, Garvey. Family Feud. Oh, Stro? I, I, I'm ignoring Brady right yes. now. Stro? <laughs> he was awesome. Yeah, he's okay. 72 years old and still hot. That's amazing. That's just amazing. Oh, shut up, Wade. Speaking of Flair, his uh, uncensored uh, podcast this week. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's making his he, he's making his uh, return to the airwaves. I, I you know I I guess nobody's going to bring him back for a little bit. I I do think he'll land on the feed. I I think at some point somebody will bring him back. It's just going to take a little time, you know, but. Like, it seemed like he was, like, a sure thing to sign with AEW earlier this year, and now it's, like, nothing since that documentary. Speaking of uh, Rick, yeah. Uh, Speaking of Rick, did you guys hear Charlotte in that interview? Uh, She was talking about how, like, people give her such a hard time because she's a woman. And then she's like, if I were a man, I'd have the biggest set of balls. Uh Uh, uh, I just thought it was funny. 
I just thought, but it's yeah. amazing to me. I, I, I and and so many reports kind of came out this week, Stro, about how like uh, the four horsewomen, and in particular, I mean Charlotte and Becky, how they're just not getting along anymore. They don't even talk. Wow, yeah. kind of crazy, kind of crazy. So it's sad. It, it was sad to see. Um, yeah, but and Ric Flair said he wants to go to Survivor Series, sit in the front row, and and. Uh, <laughs> see Charlotte win. I think the whole thing's like a big publicity, you know? It's just funny. <laughs> what else is popping in New York, Kathy? Anything good? Um, Lawrence Taylor was there. <clears throat> nice. Sue Young. Um, it was it was a great time. You know, got to see uh, DDT. Haven't seen him in a while. Uh, Ron Simmons. <laughs> Um, Bischoff was there, when, when, you know. Oh, cool. Okay. When you saw DDP, did you walk up to him and be like, it's me, it's me, it's Kathy? <laughs> oh, my God, Brady. <laughs> Seriously, Brady, what is wrong with you tonight? <laughs> I'm just trying to fill that in. Our free agents have left us, Kathy. I, I don't know if they're ever coming back, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, if you're interested, if you're listening and you're interested, if you're if you're a listener to in the room and you're you're interested in being a part of the show, uh, feel free to hit me up. Just send an email to uh, Brady at vocnation dot com, and uh, we'll see about getting you on the air, whether as a co-host or or as a as a as a uh, an interview or whatever the case may be I, you know we're we're kind of looking for opportunities to expand here uh because our our cast is overextended quite frankly um Kathy I I, I was telling Stro like off air um because for those who haven't seen my social media so I did this interview with Jimmy Hart when I was out in Las Vegas and uh the guy is amazing I mean I I love Jimmy he's always been so good to me so good to Bruce, so instrumental in kind of founding the VOC Nation uh, more than 10 years ago. And um, it's just funny because, like, Kathy, I could ask him, like, any questions I want, but he's going to have the same scripted answers no matter what you ask him. And it, and it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yep, that, that's Jimmy, good old Jimmy. Um, I am going to try to talk to Booker T about coming on again, if you don't mind. Um, I I don't mind. Only because he's he's planning on doing something with um, ROW, his organization, to do yeah, a yeah. Sherry Martell classic. Oh, that would be great! Awesome! Wow! Yeah. <clears throat> That's because awesome. He said, you know, um, Sherry, you know, Sherry made Harlem Heat. Um. So I'm going to get in yeah, touch with him yeah. and um, see if he can come on one night. I would love that. I, I would love oh, that'd it. That'd be great. No, no Stevie yeah. Ray, just 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 Booker, right? <laughs> <laughs> that guy don't like me. <laughs> did, did, did you see uh, uh, where he, he did an interview and he was talking about how you would handle Steve Austin? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, he was talking about the supermarket thing, and he thought Booker yeah. like, went from like this megastar, like getting thrown around by. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. 
And I have no he doubt that Stevie would have stood up to him. Uh, <laughs> he would have whipped Austin's ass all over that place. That's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's probably part of the reason why Booker <laughs> went to WWE and Stevie didn't, quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. I thought that was great. Uh, another thing that really jumped out at me, and, and it, it's a rumor I keep hearing, and I, I just think it's such a great idea. Uh, Jeff Hardy wants to bring Willow to WWE, and he keeps talking about it in all these interviews now. So, like, I, I feel like it's probably only a matter of time where they wouldn't be letting him talk about it. But Willow in Impact was amazing. And <laughs> I actually like him better than Broken Matt Hardy, to be honest. Hey, why not? Yeah. I'm all for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, why not? He'd be good at it, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. and, yeah. I think it would just be something different, you know? Because I think at some point, like Jeff Hardy is kind of in this class, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I think when you've been around as much as Jeff has, and he's been all around the industry, he's been every, he's been in every company, and he's he's wrestled just about everybody, so it's like tough to come up with something that's fresh and original with somebody like that, you know, who's who's just been around so much. And um, I I think that that's a great way to kind of get a fresh start in WWE in a way. Maybe yeah, even right after the rest. merchandise and the merch. Oh, show. can you imagine those umbrellas they'll be selling? With <laughs> the crazy, uh, the crazy like wooden tree man, you know. Yeah. Well, it reminds me so much, Kathy, of somebody I used to date in college. It's crazy. <laughs> oh jeez. Right down to the shrill voice, <laughs> like that. Oh yeah. my god. Nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. Yeah. So there's that, and. uh I also heard, I don't know if you guys heard this, but I thought it was kind of funny. So WWE, fans have been asking for so long for WWE to stop being PG. And they've given us, like, PG-13 or whatever. They've given us little stuff here or there, you know. Um, But by and large, it hasn't been. Well, now there's talk that they're going to make NXT TV-14. Oh, wow. Which, it's not our... But it's definitely more mature, you know. I, I I think it could be really good. It, it's a way to kind of, um, that I I mean I said all along, you know, when you've got brands, the most obvious thing to do is to kind of cater them to different audiences, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Friday night on the SmackDown eight o'clock, that's your kids show. That's that's the way it should be. I mean, that's Friday night. Who who's home on Friday night? You know, kids. Yeah. TGIF, right? The new Steve Urkel. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would do that. I would. And, uh, you know, Raw, I think, probably more like your long-term fans, people that have been watching for, for years and years, that that uh, that older demographic that we always talk about, you know. And then if you're talking about trying to get the college kids and a little bit younger, the closer to the 18 and the 18 to 49 demo, to me, NXT makes perfect sense, you know. Uh, you give a little more creative freedom to people who are in development, and you allow them to see who takes off. I think it makes sense. Point. I've been oh, saying yeah. it for a while. Uh-huh. What Absolutely. do you think, I know. I know when you were in WCW for a little bit, they uh, they kind of 
it kind of went G. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember in particular they had like um, not right to censor. What was the other one? Standards and practices. You know, and yeah. they literally had a, a a group called Standards and Practices on WCW. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah. was Vince Russo, uh, but oh yeah, yeah. But interesting, you know, yeah. and, and and I think um, part of the reason that WCW suffered at the time so much against WWE was because. WWE was like, you know what? We're going to take the handcuffs off and just go for it. They're not going to kick us off the air. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. They just didn't care. No. WCW was cared. a very shrewd move. Very shrewd move. A lot of people are saying that's the only reason they were able to distance themselves in that war. Mm-hmm. Because of the middle fingers and the cursing and the... Uh, indecent displays, Kathy, as best I can put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the timing displays. was impeccable for that, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, what did you guys think? I, I, I have to ask it, and I don't even know if you heard this, but so Mark Henry did an interview this week, and he mentioned that when he left WWE, Vince McMahon specifically told him, we'll be back for you in three years. <laughs> <laughs> Three years. I believe yeah. it. But what's he going to do? Right. He's not wrestling, so what's he going to do? They probably exactly. told Jericho the same thing. I'm sure they did. And he's got to be coming up on it, right? That was like 18. Yeah. 19, maybe. Something like that. Oh, yeah. One guy who I don't think is going back, it certainly sounds like it is Moxley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he he wrote a lot of stuff in his book apparently about not caring for the WWE culture and and specifically Kevin Dunn, who's basically Vince McMahon's right hand man. So yeah, I don't see him going back. Yeah, at least not not wanting to. Maybe they'll make him an offer that blows it out of the water, but uh, I I could see Brian Danielson going back too. Eventually. I could, too. I could, too. Especially if you kind of pair it with, like, a Hall of Fame-type run, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, yeah. kind of like build that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where we are tonight. Uh, 914-338-1885 is the number to call in tonight. And like I said, we'll, we'll be taking phone lot. We'll be taking the phone calls uh, after Brian Johnson, the Mecca, he'll be joining us very shortly. You might even say imminently. I, we're waiting for Brian Johnson to uh, to get on the air. But uh, I I don't know about you guys, but I was really disappointed by uh, the whole Ring of Honor announcement. You know, it, it's something that caught me off guard. And a lot of people are saying yeah. like they don't know what the future is for Ring of Honor and stuff like that, but. Um, I can tell you there's so much history and so much lineage there, and it's just like I just I, I just think that uh I, I just think that we um you know that, that, that it, it's a shame to see that kind of yeah go by the wayside. Think of all the names associated with Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. you know. Think of all the uh the, the legacy there. How many people made their names? And I know they're not the only company to go away, and obviously, uh, but. Then I look at it like oh, yeah. you've got 
you've got the big three, obviously, in the U.S., right? I mean, you've got mm-hmm. you got WWE, you've got AEW, you've got Impact. Um, but other than the Indies, there really is a whole lot of places to go. No? You know, it was um, a very shrewd move by Tony Khan to sign uh, Jay Lethal. It was. Yes. And I don't blame Very Jay Lethal either. Like if they have, if they got rid of contracts, you know, here's a guy he's got a family. You know, he's, he's this is his living. Uh, and, and, they, and Cornette even said if they get Lethal and the Briscoe brothers, oh, the, my God. And, and and I'm gonna tell you, I've heard from people that the Briscoes were calling around trying to get old pictures and footage. So I I'm gonna guess that they probably are going to AEW. I don't know that for sure. I haven't confirmed that with anybody, but um, I have heard from a couple different people that they were trying to get some different things from from different organizations that held their footage and held their pictures and things like that. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't blame Jay Lethal one bit. You know, I'm, I I yeah. don't even think that mentality exists anymore. Like back. You know, when back when ECW folded and all these guys started showing up in WWE, it's like, I think there was almost like a little fan resentment in a way. Like, where well, I don't know what you expect them to do. If you, I mean, if I'm if I'm fresh off TV, and then suddenly I have an opportunity to to wrestle somewhere and actually make some bank at it and uh, make enough to like have health insurance and be able to take care of my family and everything that I need, yeah, like of course, of course. So, like, that's what they don't really tell you. By, like, Ring of Honor, they might be around, but, like, by not guaranteeing contracts anymore, they're they're not doing the guys any favors, in my opinion. Now, I don't know all the details of it, but that, that's just kind of how I feel about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, Stro, yeah, you you got to be somewhat familiar with that, just having it, uh, just having it, um, just kind of all taken away in a way, you know, and... and Oh, not yeah. having that alternative. Yeah, that's that's why you know a lot of us stress to others to save your money. Yeah. Because, uh, you, you never know when a company's going to fold. Yeah. You know, it, it could have to drop up a hat. Even when you think things are good, you know, like mm-hmm. you think things are good. Right. So, uh, yeah. So that's. Uh, so that's kind of where we are tonight. Like I said, we're waiting on Brian Johnson. As soon as he's ready, we'll be uh, we'll be good to go. Uh, the number to call in tonight is uh, 914-338-1885, and uh, we will be taking calls on the other side. But right now, actually, we have the Mecca joining us. We have Brian Johnson. Uh, Brian, I've seen some promos and stuff that you've done recently, but not a whole lot since the big Ring of Honor announcement. First of all, how are you doing tonight, man? Uh in light of all the news, I think I'm about as good as I can be. Uh, you know, obviously the last couple of weeks has been a big change for a lot of people. But yeah. um, professional wrestlers are survivors, and uh, we'll be okay. Well, you know, you kind of have adopted the tagline of, like, Mecca versus everybody. Uh, it's got to be feeling more like that than ever before, just based on everything. I mean, how how is it in that harsh competitive world of independent wrestling? Uh, so I'm really finding out a lot more about it than I think maybe some of my coworkers or colleagues have. Um, I wasn't a big independent darling prior to Ring of Honor. 
Uh, I kind of stayed on my small little local scene, worked the places I worked. And then when opportunity arose to, to find a niche of Ring of Honor, I went after it full board. Uh, so I'm kind of learning and tipping my toes into the uh, the waters of the independence. And uh, it's certainly dog-eat-dog, but that's no different than any other um, promotion either. You know what I mean? We're all competitors and uh, pro wrestlers are generally or should be, uh, or at least the top guys seem to be alpha male. You know what I mean? So these are guys that demand attention, guys that uh, want a showcase. So that's in any aspect of life, whether it be pro wrestling or pro sports or, uh, hell, I'm sure even Hollywood is into that nature. You have alpha males that seek attention. Uh, it's going to be dog-eat-dog because there's only so much attention you can get. And kind of like watching Ring of Honor these last couple months, I mean, I feel like you, the Mecca, uh, the entire presentation, I, I feel like it's kind of something that really stood out in a promotion um, of of up-and-coming guys, largely. Uh, how much thought has kind of, like, gone into developing kind of what you've become since you really kind of left those couple indie companies and really just started focusing on Ring of Honor like that? How much thought has gone into the, uh, the development of the Mecca? Well, um... I think that's the thing. I think people think that the Mecca is this person that I am on Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's who I am every day. Uh, is my birth certificate Mecca Brian Johnson? No, obviously. Dumbasses. But uh, the idea of me having this downright unbelievable passion for professional wrestling. Uh, I eat, sleep, breathe it is such a cliche, but I, I can't think of a better way to state it. Uh, so how much effort goes into getting to the person in the day? Well, 32 years of effort. Okay. And I busted my ass to get here. Now, was I always doing, um, was I always angry and directed as I am now? No, but it takes time to find your focus and find your group. Uh, am I a late bloomer? Maybe. Yeah, because it took me a while to get here. Lots of years. There's guys... Like Flip Gordon within three years was super, you know what I mean, right? I guess mm-hmm. I'm not that, right? For sure. But uh, just because I might be a late bloomer, uh, my flower was blooming or uh, my tree was blooming, what the hell the phrases at Ring of Honor this last year, better than anybody else's. I don't think that's saying too much. Maybe John Gresham, he probably had a better year than me. But outside of him, if you weren't talking about me at Ring of Honor, you probably weren't watching this year, 2021. Right. Uh and to see it be coming to, and I don't want to say an end. I think a lot of people are talking about Ring of Honor like it's never going to happen again. We're putting uh, an end date on their tombstone. It's more of a pause. Uh, and I know that's weird for people to understand, but businesses take back steps all the time to take three forward. Am I saying that they're going to come back in April in Madison Square Garden again? No, I'm not stupid, right? But I hate this death toll that we have about the company because – I know that if they're back to the place that I'd always love to be, I'm not naive that it might not be the same, but I don't like the death toll sentence that everybody's putting on us. And I can certainly understand that because people are kind of making it sound like Ring of Honor, the legacy is dead, and that's not what it is at all. Like you said, it's a pause. Um, if anything, it's uh, the end of 
the current contract, you know, everything's going to yeah. get reevaluated, and that's essentially what it was. But with that said, like I said, um, you've done so much to kind of stand out in Ring of Honor. I would have to assume, what do you think? Like, when they come back next year, will they make Brian Johnson a, a priority, do you think? Well, uh, I'm not just trying to plug uh, the company because, shit, we ain't going to be running much more shows. But mm-hmm. uh, at this current time, uh, at this date, I'm the number one contender for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Yeah. And that means more to me than family members. That means more to me than any job, any title that I've ever held, any prestige. I'm dead serious. It, it's the most important damn thing in my life. Uh so in my eyes, that means I have about eight weeks till this company has decided to put a pause on. So within the next eight weeks, I plan on using my number one contendership. And if I get that title shot, and I will, I'm not going to miss. And if this company goes on pause with me as their pure champion, I think their hands kind of forced to keep me around. April does roll into what they're thinking, I would assume. Um, have you... I mean, just because I know you're such a student of the game and everything, uh, do you ever look back on just the thing, the things that you have accomplished and just kind of get that, like, pinch-me feel? Like, is it surreal to you to be out there, or is it just another day at the office at this point? I haven't accomplished shit yet. Wow. Okay. I truly believe that. I truly okay. believe that. I, I had one good year when there was no fans to base it on. Uh, I think if they were critics of mine, they can get bent, but they can stand that point. Uh, I think what I've done to wrestling up to this time, while uh, 10-year-old me would be amazed, right? 14-year-old me would be amazed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 8-year-old me, 5-year-old, whatever. If tomorrow, it's the end of my wrestling career, I'm not satisfied. I truly believe I have the ability, and I am one of the best professional wrestlers on the planet. Uh, I think people just don't know about me because I'm not good at freaking social media because I don't prostitute myself up and down a turnpike for shitty bookings. Uh, people don't realize it. But I know that the role that I was on at Ring of Honor is going to continue. Um, is it going to stay at the same speed at all times? No, that's just impossible to do. And until my name starts getting brought up with some of the best in the world, I'm not going to be satisfied. So to me, I've done shit in my career. You you recently released this uh, promo uh, on social media, and it was so well produced, uh, just kind of talking about shooting your shot and talking about your future and everything. Uh, all things being the same kind of, uh, well, that's probably the wrong way to put it, but um, with the future so uncertain, I should say, um, what does what what do we know about Brian Johnson as far as the future is concerned? That's a good question, Brady. I, I don't think a lot of people know a lot about me and I, because I don't share, you know, pictures of my dog on social media or mm-hmm. I'm not wishing my opponent a happy birthday because I'm in this for myself. I'm not in this for them. Uh, I think sometimes it's hard for fans to connect or whatever. I, I don't care. Um, they can connect with this. I, I really don't care. Um okay. I think people don't really get me because of that. And and so when they see this video and they hear me talking about losing my home, I, I really believed Ring of Honor was my home. And to kind of push it a little further, like everybody here, 
they know in their house, like, you don't always get along with everybody, right? You pick your friends, not your family, right? Uh, but when someone makes fun of your family member, you stand up for them, right? You can pick on them, but others, you know what I mean? And yeah. that was my feeling there. Like, I didn't see eye to eye with those guys. I had plenty of problems with the locker room. And, I, and I'm not saying that every day was joyous, but in the long run, it kind of was like a family. And it feels like up in smoke, the family's now all just separated. Like, we were a bunch of kids in an orphanage, and the orphanage broke up or something. I don't know hmm. if that makes sense. But the idea of, like, we're all just displaced now, and we're all just trying to find a new home. And uh, I don't know where it's going to be because, I, you know, uh, wrestling, you can never tell, right? But if for the time being I got to be a man on my own, I think Mechaverse, everybody uh, has proven to be successful so far, and I like my chances of staying alive so I'll find another one. Uh, one of the listeners wants to know, and I think this is a great question, yeah. uh, referencing you training under Jim Molyneux and old-time wrestling, uh, it's kind of where your roots lie, for those who didn't know. What was that experience like, kind of being in that school and that setting early on? I think so often um, credibility is based off of name value. If LeBron James walks in the room and tells you someone's a good basketball player, you automatically agree with that he signed James Jones, he couldn't get minutes in the playoffs in all the championships. Uh, however, if Wayne Gretzky did the same thing, you would listen to him on hockey, but he was a terrible coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Mono might not be known by a lot of fans, and there was another trainer there, Ed Atlas, the, the two of them ran the school at the time. Uh, and they may not be known by a lot of people, but if you are listening to this interview or if you've enjoyed any of my work or the work of a, a, a few other people they've had their hands on, and it's not my business to, to tout them to others. This isn't a sales call for them. But mm-hmm. uh, I think those guys, it, it, like I was saying, if you like any of my work, it's their fingerprints. Jim has treated me like like a son to him, uh, and I I can't speak higher of it. Were we the pop and circumstance that some of these Indies could be? Hell no. We were grit and grind. We were small little engine that could and uh, it was badass. It was a cool place to learn. Everybody there uh, cared about each other. That family feeling, kind of similar to the Ring of Honor feeling uh, at OTW. It was called the OTW Pro Wrestling Club in Williamstown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they released, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure they released some episodes on Patreon over the pandemic. I'm not sure if things have continued. I apologize. I don't know. Um, but the guys that were there were always just stand-up individuals, and that comes from the leadership of guys like Jim. Jim just freaking loves wrestling, man, and put his heart and soul, heart literally and soul into it. Jim's a, he's a quality human in a world where there's not many of them. Uh, Jim is a great guy, by the way. He's uh, still involved uh, in the ECWA, and, you know, I get to see him fairly regularly. Uh, He talks so glowingly about you and some of the other students, so uh, I don't don't know how much you talk to him, but, yeah, no, he he does that all the time. one of the things I think, and I noticed, I got to know you more in ECWA, but uh, I yep. think you had a real quick reputation for kind of um, being really good on the microphone and being really eloquent and um, just just kind of a, I want to say a natural at it. I know you said being the mecca comes naturally to you. Uh, was Was being on the microphone just kind of a natural transition for you as well? Yeah, I've, um, I'm not uncomfortable. Um, this is going to be a little long-winded answer, but 
a lot of pro wrestlers of my generation, of this generation, were wrestling fans prior, right? Whereas, sure. like, someone could say maybe Harley Racing, I, I don't know, I'm just using that generation. Some of them might have just been the toughest guy in the neighborhood, and they were the biggest guy in the gym, and then they saw pro wrestling and kind of picked it up, right? Obviously, people loved it. I wasn't using Harley directly, just that generation. Whereas my generation, I feel like 99% of us were fans, right? Mm-hmm. Well, wrestling fans are freaking dorks, most of them. Like, they're dorks without like, any personality. They they can't stand being rejected, and that's why they go there to, like, live by the carelessly to these other people that they admire but never be. Yeah. Sorry, newsflash, you're losers. Uh, and then there's select two that aren't and that are normal thinking. Uh, but most of them become pro wrestlers, right? So then they get on this microphone, and they're these introverted dweebs, and they don't know how to speak because they're scared. Uh, thus, uh, why I'm able to just blow past those guys. I I realize the stuff that I feel I believe too. I think a lot of guys get into pro wrestling and think they have to act like they're somebody else. In ways, you could say I was doing that when I was number one. I was trying to be this wrestler that I thought everybody wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I've kind of trimmed that fat of those type things, you know, the number one, the mirror, the the, the robe, the bullshit. Uh, I think it's easier to be me than anything else. And when you can find what that is about you that people give a shit about, uh, that's where you start to hit your stride. Okay. Um, so obviously there's a lot that's kind of uncertain right now, at least in, in terms of Ring of Honor. But Ring of Honor, no Ring of Honor. Uh, what does the future hold for Brian Johnson? What, what is, what is uh, coming up for 2022 for, Brian, for uh, the Mecca? So, obviously, the, the promo, what I talked about at home, is all about getting out and hitting the independent harder than I ever have. Um, does that mean that I'm not talking to other companies that aren't considered independent? Time will tell. Uh, does that mean that I'm avoiding other companies? No, I'm as open as available as possible. I, you know, I like to think of 2022 as like the Mecca locomotive tour. Uh, I'm going to be rolling everywhere and anywhere I can. Uh, trying to bust my ass a little bit harder, you know, uh, in ways working in Ring of Honor obviously had its pluses, but it also had its negatives in the sense that I don't want to say we got complacent, but we understood that way of living. I knew what worked there. Now I'm back in a new jungle almost, so to speak, or a new land where I got to learn what works here and there and in this locker room and that locker room. It's, uh, it's exciting, though. It's a challenge again. You know, it took me 14, 13 years to get the Ring of Honor. And um, as I, I, you know, nothing's going to stop me from keeping my name out in the in the mouths of wrestling fans and wrestling world. That's I got it here. It took too long for it just to stop like this. No, it's going to keep rolling. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, and this might come off as a little disjointed, but a listener just sent this question in, and I well, think it's maybe. a great one. Uh, so, Ring of Honor, obviously, you kind of rose to power, like you said without all the fans there, how much different would it have been for you had there been all those people in the crowd to kind of react to you? Would it have had an even bigger impact, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think the proof's in the pudding. Let's go look at the last three Ring of Honor shows that we had in front of a live crowd since yeah. the pandemic. Uh, best in the world. Do you think it was a coincidence that Ring of Honor gave me a live microphone to start their first ever pay-per-view back with a live crowd, or they said, oh, Brian freaking Johnson. And did I wrestle XYZ? No, I wrestled the greatest damn tag team that maybe walked planet Earth, the Briscoe Brothers. Mm-hmm. 
All right, I, I think I hit a home run there. Yeah. Uh, then we go to Philadelphia night one. Me and Ethan Free stole the show. If you left night one of Glory by Honor talking about anybody other than me, you weren't at the same show. And then night two, when Mark Briscoe, of all people, needed a partner, who was there to get when to help a hand? And that crowd was rocking and rolling. And then we went to uh, – maybe I got my knife mixed up. Oh, no, and then just before the honor at the Rumble, I was number one. It went all the way to the final four. And there were people chanting my name from the start to the finish. Uh, there were people, whether booing or cheering or chanting or raving, you know what I mean? But, but mm-hmm. the people were talking about the Mecca. I think the proof's in the pudding. Our four shows with a live crowd, I was the end freaking D, freaking T, and there's no touching that. So if there was a live crowd for all of them, are you kidding me? Look at the responses that week by week get when I fill in for Quinn McKay that week, or when I host TV, or when I'm on commentary. People get it. I, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and I don't give a shit, but they get that when I'm on there, they're going to be entertained because I'm giving them wrestling as raw and as pure as they'll ever see it. No pun intended to the pure division and those bozos. I mean, you're somebody that uh, I think people know they can respect. You know, that you're somebody that they know they can take seriously, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah, I think that word respect's weird because, like, a lot of the people that I'm like, I don't want to say, it's not the respect that I want. It's the acknowledgement, but I guess that comes hand in hand to acknowledge mm-hmm. someone is to respect them. Um, it's just weird that the people that uh, – no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'll leave it at that. I think you're right about the acknowledgement. It is, it is an acknowledgement. There's a term respect. I think people are starting to get their eyes on me, uh, whether it's through promos or through matches, because of the way I handle myself. I appreciate they notice that I take myself seriously also, and that kind of comes through in the way they take me. I think that's what I was trying to get to. Sure, and there's certainly been a lot of buzz. I I even mentioned it in the beginning. Uh, Brian, if people want to kind of keep tabs with you and everything you've got going on, obviously uh, not necessarily on the Fight app so much anymore or on – or on the different uh, channels on which Ring of Honor was necessarily, or at least not um, up-to-date content, but where can people kind of keep tabs on you and everything you've got going on? So my Twitter and my Instagram are exactly the same. T-J-O underscore Mecca, M-E-C-C-A. All of my information, whether it be what I'm doing daily, coming to workouts, promos, promotions I'm going to be working for, shows I have coming up. Uh, Also, you know, I don't want to rid Ring of Honor of what they got coming. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm the number one contender for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship at the moment. That's my back pocket. I have a match coming up with John Walters on Ring of Honor television coming up this weekend, which will drop live on our website Monday uh, or on Sinclair Broadcasting near you. I know it's not easy to find it, so just go to the website on Monday. Uh, we still have Final Battle, and we, uh, we have episodes of TV that I know I'll be on moving forward. Uh, as they get released, I, I think this this end of the Ring of Honor could be one of the biggest for the Mecca. Uh, and with that, I also have, uh, and I hate to just ramble about it, but uh, MCW, which is a company, uh, obviously one of the bigger ones on the East Coast. I mean, to get enough credit, they've had like 600-plus people again for another show out in Joppa, Maryland. They put on just incredible talent and shocking to nobody. I'm the MCW heavyweight champion. Uh, slowly turned into Mecca Championship Wrestling. So if you want to find anything I'm doing, check out Mecca Championship Wrestling. Uh, it's 
It's unlike a lot of your top indies, but for all the right reasons. It's definitely a top show. I recommend people check it out. Uh, MCW out of Maryland. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for the time tonight. It really flew by. Um, Before we let go, I have a huge favor to ask, and I hope it's okay. Uh, just because we don't get the opportunity to get somebody like you on the air very often. Um, I was wondering if we could get you to record what we call a bumper to play on the beginning of the show. Of course. No problem, man. It'll probably help you guys out. I I think it will for sure. Uh, So the name of the show is In the Room. If you could just tell people who you are and tell them that they're listening to In the Room, we'll have you on your way, man. Count me down. Three, two, one. Hey, bozos, it's the M-E-C-C-A, the Mecca, Brian Johnson, and you're listening to In The Room. So keep your attention here, or get fed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that 
That is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Dominique et Nicanique s'en avaient tout simplement au Dieu pauvre et All right. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, as well as on all your favorite podcast apps. So be sure to check us out there. Brady Hicks, I've got with me the maestro. Stro, before we kind of jump back in, what do you got going on this week, man? Oh, gosh. This Thursday night, uh, WCW Retro, uh, 19 Beats and Standard Time on VOCNation.com. We'll be discussing building our... Fantasy Survivor Series team from past yes. and present. So if you want to call in and build your Survivor Series team, uh, please call in. We'll talk about it. It'll be a lot of fun. And, that sounds uh, like right. a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm so psyched. Oh, my gosh. And then uh, Friday night, midnight Eastern Standard Time, Strozone, the hard sci-fi show at um, Facebook.com slash Maestro. Uh, the feature for this Friday night will be Night of the Comics from the 80s. So, uh, please tune in. Night of the... No, what was it? Night of the what? The Comet? Comet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you said Comic at first. That was, that's me. You know? <laughs> oh, definitely a problem, right? We uh, also are joined by Derek McDonald. Derek, how you doing, brother? Oh, we missed Derek. you last week. How you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm back. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, but I'm here. How's everybody doing? We're good. We're good. We're so glad that you're on with us. So we're, uh, we're yeah. now we're gonna have fun. Let the fun begin. Uh, we actually just had the Mecca Brian Johnson from Ring of Honor. I think it's still safe mm-hmm. to say that for a couple more weeks from Ring of Honor, uh, yeah. the number one contender for John Gresham's. Uh, um, Pure, a pure title? No. It, it, what's it called now? I, I, God, I'm such a bad wrestling journalist. John Gresham's <laughs> title. He's going after that. Uh, <laughs> so it, it'll it'll be interesting for sure. But uh, uh, yeah, so be sure to check out that interview if you missed it with uh, Mecca Brian Johnson. Stro, you mentioned um, building your own Survivor Series teams, and I think that's such a cool concept. You know, when I was in seventh grade, I was such a nerd. I know it's hard to believe, Derek, but I was such a nerd. Um, I had my notebook, and I wrote out the entire WWE roster, like, using initials so that nobody knew what it was, mostly because I liked the girl next to me, and I didn't want her to know what I was doing. So, And, and after that, I would kind of, like, I, I, I took that roster. This is while I'm in class, supposedly, taking notes. Um, and I started creating teams of four for Survivor Series. And the matchups based on the feuds that were going on at the time. Like, mm-hmm. and, and this is exactly what you guys are doing. I think it's amazing. Oh, 
so psyched, man. I, I can't wait. And, and I had this friend, Mike Bell, and he knew exactly what the initials were. I didn't even have to tell him. So, nice. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's, I, I he's like, what that. else could KKBW be besides Coco Beware? Sorry, guys. <laughs> I, Moses, I used to love Survivor Series as a kid. I, I wish they would go back Me to too. all the matches being that format again. Yeah. I especially liked it when it was the teams of four, where it was like, mm-hmm. could you have like your main event guy, your mid Carter, and your tag team? You know, yeah. I just thought it was great. <laughs> then they got yeah, away from two names. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just, yeah. just one. They all did have like cool the, names, you know. Now, like now the, it's just like oh, it's been wrong, yeah. and it's all people that hate yeah, each yeah. other. The the vipers, exactly. the vipers, and the visionaries. The vipers. Yeah. <laughs> the dream um, team, the million dollar team, the Bolsheviks. No, yeah, no, the Bolsheviks yeah. was the tag team. It was um, oh, I forget, the foreign powers or something. Year, yeah, I mean, one year they had like Team America against the foreign team, and Team America was like Lex Luger, the Steiner brothers, and for some strange reason, the Undertaker who had the American flag inside his jacket. And I remember thinking that's so weird. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah they, I missed that stuff. They now. They did that. They did that on the go home raw because like Tatanka got hurt and they needed a replacement. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tatanka got taken and out. It was like, Tatanka got taken out by Ludwig Borga. Yes, Ludwig Borga, and uh, the Quebecers, and who was the other one? Oh, it was the Quebecers. I don't remember. Ludwig Borga. Damn it! Who was the other guy? I should know this too. That was that's like white white in my mind. Or was it Yoko? Maybe it was Yoko and Ludwig Borg and yeah. That might have been it. That might have been it. Was Crush yeah. was Crush like a, a Japanese sympathizer oh. by then? <laughs> was he? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Those were such great times. They really were. Uh <laughs> Oh man. Uh yeah, so nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five is the number to call in tonight. Uh Derek, I, I thought of you this week. We were talking about Mark Henry earlier. He um he did an interview this week where he said that the last thing Vince McMahon told him on the way out the door was, We'll be back for you in three years. <laughs> and this is a guy that can't wrestle and we'll be back for you in three years. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny because when you hear you hear these stories about Vince and his fans yeah. about AEW, it, it doesn't seem like he's sweating them very much. And people, <laughs> it's, it's, I think I think fans want him to sweat them more than he is. And it's just funny. I think Tony Khan wants him to sweat them more than anything, you know. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> I just saw I saw I, I read an interview with Ric Flair, and he was talking about how. AEW brought in CM Punk and Brian Danielson, and Ric Flair yeah. is like, you know, you bring this guy in, and you can barely, you can barely <laughs> break a million every week. I don't see the point of why you brought him in, which is right. true. It's kind of true in a way. I know fans get upset when you say that, but in hindsight, what's the point of spending all that money if you're just going to get the same viewership? Then I saw something with PM, CM Punk goes, oh, well, there's no, must, there's no such thing as casual wrestling fans anymore. Yeah, like, bull crap. Okay. Like, okay, bull crap. There's not. The problem is there yeah. aren't there aren't casual fans who still watch the current product. That's the problem. Exactly. You know, and casual fans say, "Oh yeah, like I love wrestling, and uh, you know, um, the Undertaker is my favorite." 
Yeah, exactly. You because know, because they don't know that he retired. You know, yeah, exactly. That's a casual fan. And Rock comes back. Yeah, and now, um, I should say there are no casual fans for AEW. That's probably fair to say. Yeah, and you know I know it's, it's just I, I listen to things that they say, and it's mostly Punk and Khan and everybody. Daniel Bryan's still pretty. <laughs> Daniel Bryan knows when his three years up, he knows where he's going. He's above he's it. Pretty yeah. even killed. Yeah. But, like, I listen to Punk, and I listen to Khan, and I listen to some of the things JR says, and it's they kind of remind me of, like, when I was a kid, and I wanted to play basketball with my brother and his friends, and I'd be, like, jumping and waving my hands, like, hey, look at me, and they just didn't care about me. It, it right. reminds me of that. So. Tony Khan, in particular, he's gotten so bad recently. He's just, like, uh-huh. all he does is, like, he guaranteed that they were going to beat SmackDown on a night when they were on FS1. And then, like, when they didn't win, he tried to skew the numbers to make it sound like they won and won around saying that they won when they didn't. At all. They got beat. At all. And it wasn't even on their network. And and now the new thing is they're not breaking a million. So the new excuse I've seen from yeah. people I know, like friends of mine who love AEW and I've seen on the Internet, well, they changed the time slot on the West Coast so they can't break a million. I'm like, well, if there's always an excuse – why, why are you trying to make it a war? Yeah. If you're going to have an excuse for things that don't go your way. Right. Uh, I yeah. mean, and when they switch to TBS, it's only going to get worse because fans are just more conditioned to watch wrestling on TNT. And he's spending all this money. And, like, I'm happy for Jay Lethal. I'm happy Jay Lethal is there. I think Jay Lethal deserves to be on national television. But now they're saying over the next couple months, Kyle O'Reilly is going to be there. And Kevin Owens is going to be there. People are still saying Bray Wyatt's going to show. Yeah. People are saying Bray Wyatt's going to show up at some point. Your roster is going to. They're going to have as many people on their roster as Vince McMahon has on his roster now with three shows. Yep. Uh And and they're never going to be able to use them all. And that's the uh, that's the thing. And, And like for example, I love Jay Lethal. He's a great guy. He's always been super nice to me in anything that I've ever had to deal with him. Um. And I understand that Ring of Honor went away and he needs somewhere to go. He needs to pay his health insurance and, you know, take care of his family. I get that. Um, But don't tell me that from AEW side of things, they're going to find a productive way to use Jay Lethal. No. Not for a second do I I believe that. No. It it looks like he's going to lose to Sammy Guevara tomorrow night. And I'm pretty sure people are going to go, well, he looked good in losing. And and I get that and I understand that. But, like, all right, two two months ago, everybody was telling me that Brian Tillman Jr., he was in a feud with MJF. MJF was cutting his great promos on his aunt and his dad and his mom and blah, blah, blah. What is what is Brian Tillman Jr. doing today? Nothing. They they built the guy up for mm-hmm. three weeks, you know, and, and they've done nothing with him. You know what he's doing today? He's going on social media complaining that his phone got stolen and that he lost all his contacts. <laughs> That's what he's doing. That, that, that's why he's in the news. I, um, God bless him. Man. I, I hope he finds that phone, seriously. Because uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame. I, I have a bold prediction for you, actually. So Because the news recently surfaced, or at least the rumor, that WWE is going to take NXT and make it uh, TV-14. Mm-hmm. Which I think... If you've got a bunch of young up-and-coming guys and girls, and you're kind of 
so many people just gets lost on them with the brand split, and and I think even WWE it gets lost on them sometimes. When you've got three different brands, it's a great opportunity to kind of position each one towards a different demographic. Friday night, obviously, mm-hmm. that's the kids' show. That's eight o'clock on a Friday night. Um, Monday mm-hmm. night, that's your show for the traditionalist who's been watching WWE for thirty years and and is going to continue to do so just because that's what they've always done. Uh, but NXT. Uh, that has the real chance, I think, to, uh, and I'm still going to say it, I still think they could overtake AEW at this point. Because if they position and, that correctly and, and mm-hmm. write it correctly, I, yeah, no, it's, it, you don't need major stars. You just need a better concept. You need something different. And, and they have, because I'll, I'll tune in from I'll tune in NXT from time to time. They have the horses. Uh, I like to call them Rick Steiner. I mean, Rex Steiner, because I hate Brown Breaker. <laughs> Rex Steiner is what he can be. Yeah, he's a guy you can build on. They have another guy in Carmelo Hayes. You can build with him. They have women that they can build on. Now, a lot of people are going, oh, well, it's terrible. Well, they split, it took the, They switched it in two weeks. It went from what everybody knew what it, was meant and what it was, and they completely switched it. And like you said, it's going to take time. Yeah. But I, I think they're figuring it out. Um, I think it's good that, Champa is still there, so he can work with the guys. I know Johnny Gargano's mm-hmm. contract up, but I can't see I can't see Johnny leaving. So I think it's good that you have Champa and, and and you know Gargano there to work with these young guys. I wish Kyle was staying because he can kind of fit in there too. But I I like that they they're mixing the old with the young. And I saw uh, Kyle Bloom's son was on SmackDown, so I guess they're gonna mm-hmm. weave him in between shows, which is good because then you get the people who watch SmackDown to get these, their eyes on these guys and these gals, and then they'll go, okay, I remember him from SmackDown. Let me watch him on Tuesday. It's just it's going to take a while to build that up. Uh, you've also got one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best personas that they developed in probably the last two or three years in WWE with what Joe Gacy's doing. Uh, I yes. think that that is going to take off. I, I, I think yes. it's going to be, and, when he gets yeah. on that main roster, man, he's going to be great. And what's the um, the Italian guy who acts like he's in the mob? Uh, Tony D'Angelo. Oh, he's, yeah. He's hilarious. <laughs> he, he's, he's awesome. Kind of like, Chicago. They, they've got, yeah, they've got things that can work. It's just people are so impatient. Um, but I like it. I like what they did. And if you're going to lose all these guys to, to AEW anyway, you might as well just rebrand and start building it up from the ground up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't think Gargano's going to leave, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because his wife is pregnant. She's under contract. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mm-hmm. going to extend her contract because it's essentially the same as when you're out. They're yeah. not going to just mm-hmm. release her. No. So I, I, I can't imagine that he would leave and go to AEW and leave her to toil in NXT without him. I, I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, she followed him. A, yeah, and there's a lot of people, like, people go, you know, Kevin Owens is friends with this one. And if I'm Kevin Owens, you know, my buddies are there, but you got to think long and hard. Like, the stuff he's doing with Big E, on, and maybe they're doing this because they know he's leaving, but the stuff he's doing on Raw has been some of the best stuff he's been doing since he was feeding with Roman last year. And you got to think you can make more of an impact staying there then it would be for you to go to AEW and you'd be hot for a month or two and then you're wrestling on Rampage against random wrestler number three. 
But just be the little buddy. You know, we'll yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Right. Uh, Stro, I, I, I know you're close with Sean Waltman. I, I mean, I know you. I know you're. Um, or at least you were pretty close with him at one point. I assume you still are. So, like, I, I and this could just be the fanboy in me, but I always mm-hmm. felt like he had so much more fun in WWF during the Attitude Era than he did in the NWO in 96. I don't know if that's fair to say, but I always thought mm-hmm. that he was much more of like a little buddy in WCW. And in WWE, they actually gave him the opportunity to kind of become somebody. I don't know if that's how yeah, he perceived it or what he thought. Mm-hmm. When, um, well, when uh, he got... When he switched back with the WWE from WCW, uh, that was when the whole the restructuring of DX yeah. was going down, and that you go really to your blood, him. you go right. to the click. Sorry, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what propelled him as a you know, big time star. You know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah, for sure. That and telling Eric Bischoff he could eat his butt or whatever he said to him. <laughs> no. Yeah. The infamous like FedEx was that FedEx you got? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, I uh, love. Let's Adam Cole. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. That of course was no, the say, karaoke bar. What were you saying? <laughs> I was gonna say I love Adam Cole, and I'm I'm pretty sure AEW fans will tell me they're playing the long game with Adam Cole. But you can't tell me Adam Cole is nowhere near as hot as he was a year ago or two years ago, at all. He's basically Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega and the Bucks' little buddy now. Yeah, he's become the sidekick. Yep. He was his own leader. It makes them Mm -hmm. look bigger because they could take the leader of, you know, the biggest faction in NXT history and make him their little buddy, Mm -hmm. but it does nothing for Adam Cole. It's it's almost like... It doesn't seem right with him not being a leader, you know what I mean? Because he's just not natural. I mean, you know what I would have done... I, and maybe they could still do it, uh, but I would I would have Adam Cole be the one to win the title next because he's younger yeah. and it makes more sense. And then you could kind of build build in dissension with Kenny Omega, which is really where they need to go with it. Yeah, um, like I said, people go, oh well, Kyle O'Reilly's going to come in and he's going to join forces with Adam Cole, and that's cool. But this kind of feels like what people accuse Vince of when Vince would bring somebody in from WCW. And he would have to establish his guy over their guy before he pushed the WCW guy. And it feels like yeah. they want Omega to seem inferior to Omega. Like, yeah, Omega's our guy. And then eventually, you know, Omega, and then eventually Cole would be risen to that next level. But it's it's just weird. And then another guy that I'm assuming they're going to bring in is Keith Lee. And, and how are you going oh, to what are you going to do with Keith Lee when he gets there? Because he, he has to run through. If I were Keith Lee, I'd go to Japan. That's where I would go. And I would just tell him, I'd go, I'd wrestle in New Japan or Impact or something. Yep. I'd, I'd go where I can be the guy. Yeah, there's no right. question, I'm the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't been too kind to the big guys. They got it ready. You know? No, yeah. No, all they're trying to do is Yeah, where's Brian Cage? Yeah. Uh, Archer. 
You know, I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah, it still annoys me that FT, FTR hasn't gotten their rematch with the Bucks yet. Like that still upsets me. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I I think anybody who really cares about it that would upset them. Sure. Um, what did you guys think? With um, and again, it's this whole CM Punk thing. Like he comes in, and I don't get. Why he isn't the biggest bad guy in the company? Because some of the stuff that he says, it's just like he just comes off as like this unrepentant jerk, like holier than thou. <laughs> um, anybody that's ever crossed him was completely wrong. And I realize like that probably eliminates me from ever being able to interview him in a podcast. But I, I just I look at him and I see like for example, he says to Eddie Kingston. You know, maybe you'd be better wrestling on, like, AEW Dark than, like, being on the pay-per-view. And it's like, I get it, trying to get heat. But, like, I don't know, man. Why are you going to tear somebody down? Like that, that's, like, the, one of the first things I learned about a promo. Like, you want to build somebody up, not tear them down. Triple H yeah, does the same thing, by the way, and I hate it. Yeah, he – it's funny you say that. He's starting to come yeah. off a little Triple H, Triple H-ish. Like he called Eddie Kingston yeah. fat and lazy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at this, yeah. and I'm like, is, I'm, I'm rooting for Eddie. It's like, is, is, is that <laughs> what I'm supposed to say? Like, I want, I, I want Eddie to win. And yeah. I guess he, I guess he's, to, to that fan base, he's their Hulk Hogan, so he can't do anything wrong. But... I don't know, man. Like, I know people hate Eric Bischoff and they, they hate on Jim Cornette, but some of the things that they've said about CM Punk have been spot on. Spot on. Every you, He's supposed right. to be this big savior. He's supposed to be the guy that wasn't around for seven years. They pretty much give him his He's only shaving himself. Yeah. He yeah. Just, it's like he, <laughs> he, he feels like, oh, I have, to, I have to do it to, you know, to prove it to myself. And it's like, what? You're just another guy now. It, right. The, the, after after yeah. the first night, everything is gone, and actually, and and the people go, "What about Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan's different. It seems like he just wants to wrestle. <laughs> Daniel Bryan just wants to wrestle every week. He just wants new opponents. You know, he's yeah, that's he's, it. Uh-huh. He's, yeah. That's all it is. And, yeah, and, I, and and I yeah. I understand that. Punk came in, and after the first night, he instantly became their their third biggest signing that week. You know, because like yeah. Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryanson, what a Brian Danielson, are like clear and ahead one and two. Mm-hmm. Unless they're in Chicago on the night that Punk debuts. Yeah, and and even that, I know people. And even that, what did that yeah. translate to? What did that get you? No, nothing. And I know people hate. Disco Inferno, he has, you know, they always go, he, who did, what did he ever do, blah, 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 but Disco Inferno <laughs> made a good point. I love Disco. <laughs> he mentioned how they say Punk feuding with Darby Allen was supposed to help Darby Allen. Yeah. And he was like, you know how you help a guy like Darby Allen in the feud with a guy like Punk? You give him a reason not yeah. to like Punk, and then you have him beat Punk so people care about it. Just being in the ring and losing to CM Punk doesn't help him. Because Darby Allen got nothing no. out of that. He got... He got more Nothing. from the MJF stuff than he got from Punk. It, it didn't help Darby Allen. It didn't help Sting, who stood there looking helpless while Punk beat him. 
Uh, <laughs> it really it helped nobody. You know, it, uh, funny story. Um, years ago, two funny stories actually. So like years ago, one of these hosts on VOC Nation, they're doing their show, and I get a text, and she was like, "Disco Inferno is on the line. What should I do?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Talk to him, interview him. Like, what? What do you mean? What should yeah, I do?" Sure. <laughs> like, why are you doing this, you know? Yeah, she's like, well, I didn't prepare anything. I, I Well, he called you. He's interested. In, she didn't put him on the air. She didn't oh put him God. on the air because she didn't prepare anything with him. Wow. And she, oh. and she tried to line him up for like two weeks later, and he said no. She had him. Mm-hmm. He called in on right his there. own. Oh, man. He's obviously sure, interested you know, in what yeah, she was talking about. It's it's cra- it, that was uh yeah I, I mean I can say it. it was nanny I was like dude that's crazy nanny put him on the air mm-hmm. um yeah so you know we actually had um we actually had um Adam Cole call into the show unsolicited before years ago oh wow yeah um, he was training at the time and it was uh him and uh, Sammy Callahan actually oh wow mm-hmm. yep he's also, he's also awesome. <laughs> He's another one. Yeah. Going, Sammy should go to AEW. If I'm Sammy, I, he has a good thing going on SmackDown where he no. doesn't have to win every week, and he's still entertaining. Yeah, and he's got good heat. There's really no. Uh-huh. If anything, I think he's got to be building that up, hoping that somebody in WWE takes notice when they start swallowing people up again. But I don't know that they yeah. will, but that that definitely yeah. should be his strategy for sure. Um, the other story, and this is another great one for old school VOC Nation or in the room fans. So I got a text on Saturday night during the AEW pay-per-view, Derek. It was from uh, mm-hmm. Kevin McElvaney, the editor okay. for PWI now. And he goes, give him the job. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. You remember that? <laughs> from, from that? From the Eddie Kingston, he's like, I'm doing an interview. And she said it was a job interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did, Stroh, he did the interview from, like, some, like, parking lot of a strip club. And he's, like, just uh-huh. hanging out. He's hanging out in the parking lot doing this interview. And uh, yeah. some girl comes up to him, and she's, like, uh, she's like trying to talk to him. He's, like, sweetheart, I'll be right with you. I'm doing an interview. And she grabs the mm-hmm. phone from him and yells, give him the job. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love Eddie. Eddie's amazing. You know who's not amazing? Now he's amazing too. What's going on, Justin? How you doing, brother? Hey, what's up, buddy? You alright? You sound kinda you? down. Uh, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm good. You alright? I'm all tired. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. Just trying to just got another two weeks ago wearing this leg brace, then I go to one of the uh you know the uh, the bar, like the brace with the bars. I gotta go to that one next. The brace with the bars. You, you mean like you mean some... like one of those walkers with the tennis balls on the no on it's the like bottom one of the like that. that? It's like one of the braces that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin used to wear. I gotta wear one of those next in two weeks. Okay. Now uh, do you get like those one. crutches that hook to your elbows? Like, can you get one on each side? I had the ones that you put under your arms and, uh, like, the, okay. I think it was, like, the third Not like third the kind of hook to your elbows, like, uh, okay. Nah, I didn't, I didn't have those. 
But it was the uh, <laughs> it was like two or I think it was like two or three days after surgery. I was I, I was saying to myself I was like I'm not gonna use crutches anymore. And I just started bearing weight and just started walking out. Isn't, like, isn't that bad for your knee though? Oh, uh, the doctor, the doctor, the doctor actually want the doctor actually wants me to put full weight on on my on my leg so I can so I can walk and all. On your surgically stuff, repaired so. knee? I guess mm-hmm. you have to. But I got a yeah. I mean, I got a uh, I got a brace on it now. It's all padded okay. and all that good stuff. So now, have you ever hit anybody with the brace? Like taking it off and hit somebody upside the head? Nah. Who well, used the crotch on somebody? Brian told me you used the crotch all the time. It was great. I'm not. Right. I'm, not I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that bad. He's I'm like, not I'm not bad. Brian Pillman. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would never use my brace or my crutch on anybody. No. You're I, more I'm like not, a technical. I'm not. I'm not I'm, 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 I'm just. I'm just changing my ways. Are you a Rudo? Nah, I'm a good guy. Are you like FTR? You're a Rudo? Nah, I used to be. Same Luchadors? Yeah, you used to be a Rudo. I used to be. I used to be mean. I used to be a jerk, but I'm actually the funny. You know, you're more like a tweener now. You're more like a tweener now. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can, I can be, I can get mean and nasty unless I, if I'm provoked, but I try not to anymore. But the funny thing is, let me ask you, do you like CM like, Punk? Do you like CM Punk? I mean, I've, I've always been a fan of him, and uh, I, I mean, I, I like him, give or take fifty. Do you think he's being a little whiny now? I mean, he's, he's always, he's always been whiny. Like even when. So what do you like he, about him? I mean, I like I like that he speaks his mind. He speaks his mind. And okay. He's not he's like not afraid to uh, express his feelings of where he's coming from. He shoots from the hip, like he shoots from you the know, hip. You know, I I, I, I had a friend out. in there. college. I had a friend in college, and he was really short, and he used to complain a lot. And they used to say he shot from the hip, right? You know what we used uh-huh. to call him? We called him little no. bitch. Little bitch. He was short. Uh, he bitched all the time. We called him little bitch. Hey, little bitch. He didn't like oh, that's it. Terrible. He complained I'm about that either. too. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. You know what I was thinking about? My whole life's crazy. How you doing, sir? What's that? Now I was say, you know what I didn't like about you and Paul. He used to call himself the best in the world, and it's like they're in the same company as Brian Williams, and, and and AJ Styles is still walking this earth. How dare you? How dare you right. be the best in the world, sir? Yeah, but I mean, that's and just, he wasn't uh, even like that's just, yeah. He, that's just like that's just you like know, one of his was, You know what he was? He was the most over at a time when he was the only one that was allowed to go on the microphone and say what he wanted without any kind mm-hmm. of censorship whatsoever. That's what he I, was. I Even John Cena was censored. I, I tell you, I, I was watching a, uh, I was watching a compilation on YouTube. It was like a. There's a five dollar word compilation. I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. I think it was like a. Uh, I think it was like an hour and a half of a CM Punk mm-hmm. coming out, just dissing, okay. just like trash talking to all the other guys. And I'm like, 
like that was between 2013 and like during this title run. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did they? How did they? How did they not censor the guy? Like how did they? How did they not censor him? It's like guy would go like cursing and going throwing. The guy would go off the wall, and he still does. He's crazy. What do you think? He's crazy. How he is crazy. What? How cool would it be if CM Punk won the AEW title and then left to go to Ring of Honor only to find out that it wasn't there anymore? Showed up in the middle of the building. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it would kind well, of. I guess he goes to the armory in Philly, and they're all locked up, and he's like, "What the hell?" Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It'll probably, it'll probably, it'll probably be his. it probably be on him. Like, hey, you should never, you should never won the title. You, you won the title, but you left the company that's that was employing you, and then you go to you go to a place that's like non-existent, and it's like stupid. It's me, Phil. <laughs> um, I have a question. If he, if he, if he would have went to WWE, and this is what people are probably going to get upset. If he would have went back to WWE <laughs> right now. He's a bigger deal in WWE than he is in the AEW, right? Wouldn't he be? I think I think he would have. I think he would have. I, yeah. I, I still think he would. I still think I mean, he would have. He, he would have come in bigger. I, I don't know if he would have stayed just because of the way they book everything now. It's mostly yeah. now. But I think. I think, I think he would have. If they were smart, if they were smart, they would have taken him and put him right on Raw because then you have Roman on SmackDown and him on Raw. And because uh, he said, I, I saw he goes, you know, part of the reason I didn't go back is because if I went, it would have been the same old thing. It wouldn't have been nothing different. Now I tend to believe Vince didn't offer him the money he wanted because um, he wouldn't have sat on the sidelines that long if he didn't want to go back if he wanted to be in AEW. But um, right, yeah, he 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 just said I didn't want to do the same thing every week. So yeah, he mostly came. I, I think. The the only argument I can see is for fresh opponents, and yeah, WWE is almost a whole different roster than it, if anything AEW is closer than the 2014 WWE roster when he left. Mhm. And I I think Tony Khan so, makes guys like him makes guys like him and Jericho feel like you know they're a part because Jericho talks like it's his company sometimes like he's saying we should sign this person and you know we're doing this yeah. and we're doing that so I want to. Tony Khan makes them feel like they're a bigger part of the company than Vince would. Do you think Vince would uh, – because obviously they, they did the uh, the Stone Cold documentary early this year with WrestleMania. You know, mm-hmm. not the docu, the interview, the, the, the shoot, whatever it's called, with, with Jericho. Do you think Vince would offer to put Jericho in the Hall of Fame when he's with AEW? And kind of steal him back like they did with Ric Flair. I could see them doing I that. I, I think yeah. Vince was. I think Vince was worried at first, and I think now he's seen yeah. that the company hasn't really had much growth. And I think he goes, "Okay." And that's why he probably told Mark Henry, "We'll be back for you in three years." 
<laughs> you know, I yeah. think, you know, that's why he, he tells Christian, we have nothing for you, go ahead. Because I don't think he's worried about them like he was before. He, he didn't want Christian to come back anyway. So, like, if Christian's going to go wrestle, at least he's not taking the chance in his company, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, that's how Edge, I looked at Edge, it. I, I saw an interview with Edge where he said, you know, when he knew he could wrestle, he had a conversation with Tony Khan, and Tony Khan offered him to come in, and he said, you know, I told Tony, I owe everything to Vince. Vince has been good to me. I have to go to Vince yeah. first. And he, he went to Vince, and Vince said, sure. But Edge is a, a he's a star. Edge is a difference maker. So I'd understand him doing that to Edge. But when Mark Henry mm-hmm. comes and goes, mm-hmm. hey, I want to go prove myself, you let Mark Henry go. All right, Mark, I'll see you in three years, yeah. buddy. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. So. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, Justin, did you have anything else, brother? Um, I, I, mean, I let you I talk. Agree. Uh, I, I agree. I agree with what Derek said about uh, if, well, if uh, CM Punk would be a bigger star if, if he went back to WWE. But there's, I think he he would he would definitely get over with the fans. But uh, just like you said, he he wouldn't he wouldn't want to. Him and Vince and Triple H and all that, they he, he doesn't want to go back and work with them. So, but probably not. I can actually probably not. I mean, it, but it's I'm probably fine a lot of with tension. that. I actually liked him on the sidelines. I thought he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, liked I mean, maybe. Him in 2014. I, mean, I liked him in 2014. I mean, but like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, bugged me was like, one second, it's like he, he walked away from a contract, complaining. Most people would cut off their right leg to get a contract like he had. Oh, yeah. And he mm-hmm. walked away complaining. And it's like, I don't know. Like, to me, I don't see how Tony Khan would even bother signing CM Punk to a contract because if he gets mad, he's just going to leave. Yeah. And then he, he, so he walked out, he walked out the night after the Royal Rumble, right? That's in January. Yeah. They didn't fire him for the summertime. That means from January to June, July, you had no communication with your employer. And then you got a until he got married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that was, that was pretty. That was pretty vindictive of Vince. But they and they did do that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, they did. You left and you didn't say anything for six months. What yeah. did you think? You thought they were just they were just going to wait around for you to come back? I guess what they could have done was suspended Tatum and suspended um, his contract. Like, when guys get hurt, you know, I guess they could have done that. That would have been funny, yeah, actually. Yeah. Like, where he only his only option is to come back and finish his 2014 contract. Some hey, lawyers would have gotten involved, and he would have gotten out of it somehow. I, hey, Brady, but, yeah. but do you think if... Uh... If you think you think CM Punk would have came back and finished off his contract, or you think he would have just said, "Hey, I'm done. I'm 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 done. I'm leaving. See you guys later." He implied I think he would have eventually come back if he had to. Yeah, he implied he implied that in the the Colt Cabana interview. He was kind of implying mm-hmm. that you know, I was going to come back eventually. And I'm like, "Well, when, buddy? <laughs> you got to let him know." Yeah, yeah. And right. it wasn't it wasn't right. about money, but he wanted to be paid like a top star. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of feel, I kind of yeah. feel that CM Punk he, he he burnt he burnt he burnt some bridges with uh, WWE when he did yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Yep, he burnt, yeah. he burnt, he burnt. He burnt. Very intuitive. And like, but it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean maybe, I mean, 
I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe in the future, maybe he would come back on a different. Mm. Situation, I don't think they'll ever have him back. I, I no, think maybe I, he, I, here, here, here's here's the reality. Um, when he came in for that Fox show, when they were doing the backstage thing, um, if they wanted him, they could have mm-hmm. had him then, and they didn't want him. Yep. They didn't want to deal with him. That was purely a Fox, Fox thing. Wanted him. Yep. Yeah. And I still so. don't understand. Why, if you're trying to pump up a product, why you would bring bring its biggest detractor in? You know that that would be like yeah. Joe Buck getting a job for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, what would be the point? Yeah. Make him like your Joe new Buck Dave Scudero. You know, like it's stupid. Yeah. it's stupid. Leave Joe alone. Joe hates their team. I do like that because Giants fans think he hates yeah. the Giants too. The truth is, the truth is, he hates everybody. Exactly. He's just a front runner. He's a front runner, is what he is. He he looks at the favored team and trashes the other team. Yeah. Hey, hey, Brady. Uh, hey, Brady. Dark and Hey, man. I I appreciate you, Sam. I appreciate you, Sam. Appreciate you, Sam. See you, man. Take care. Love you, brother. You too, buddy. I love you very much. I love you more, buddy. (laughs) He loves me more. Thank you. (laughs) He is sweet. (laughs) He's been humbled by his knee injury, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 914-338-1885. I wanted to mention, so Bobby Fulton, for those who haven't heard of, please keep him in your prayers. He he had... uh, throat surgery because of cancer. So, um, yeah. I, I hate to hear stuff like that, but I, I definitely yeah. had to mention it. Yeah. Oh, I, sure, I you got any good Bobby to... Fulton stories? Sorry. No, no. Oh, man. Uh, Bobby Fulton. Uh, yeah, I remember one time uh, I, I was tagging with Iron Sheik against uh, Bobby Sheaky. Fulton. And, uh, I was his tag team partner at the time. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Bobby, uh, he was, uh, I, Sheik was telling me that he was still Bobby. I guess he was speaking Carney to him, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he still Bobby, but Sheik, he's telling his dad Carney. And Bobby bless his heart, man. He, he says brother more times than Hulk Hogan, man. Oh really? That's funny. Yeah, that's but, uh, funny. But he's a good dude, man. I mean, yeah. God, I mean, I've heard nothing bad about him. Tom, him and Tommy Rogers, man. I mean, they've been like with the best, the best of the years. You know, sheep herders. Yeah. Before they were the Bushwhackers and you know, Midnight Express and uh, some of the best teams of that time in the '80s. So. Sorry, I cut you off there, Derek. Oh, no, I was just going to say, because I haven't spoken to you guys since it happened. Um, the Charlotte Becky stuff, and it seems like they're really dialing yeah. up now, <laughs> leading into uh, to Survivor Series. It seems like Vince is doing the whole say, Sean Brett thing, Sean Brett thing, where he's pitting them against each other. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's so funny that all this kind of came out right around the time when they figured out that that was going to be the uh, Survivor Series match, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh... Apparently they don't talk anymore. Charlotte would have yeah, really yeah. big balls if she was a man. There's been so many headlines that come out of this. 
Even Rick Flair's like getting involved, and like they don't even want anything to do with him right now. I, <laughs> I heard he's gonna buy a ticket for the front row. Poor Rick, he needs a job, man. He's, he's going to AEW. Poor Rick, give that him that give him the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, man, that's why you never want to be involved in those documentaries. Yeah, and he didn't yeah, even he, didn't, he didn't even do the documentary. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. He's at home watching. He's at home watching with everybody else. Who knew the story and got upset when they heard it retold? What? Which player did what? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I Actually, uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier, Gerald Briscoe, um, in a conversation with Earl Hebner, I guess they had him on that. Because, you know, Gerald Briscoe, he does that show with JBL, that podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he said to Gerald, he said to Earl Hebner, is Bret Hart going to pay your mortgage? And I thought that was <laughs> tremendous. Yeah, you're not lying. <laughs> Tell him the truth. Yeah. Um, I love uh, I love the stories about Joe Briscoe, like the stories that he was he was teaching Sean how to be how to be a shooter in case Brett went in the yeah. ring and Brett decided he didn't want to just I just love the <laughs> yeah, stories yeah, about yeah. Joe Briscoe. I could just see that. I could just see that. Uh, let's go out to uh, Trenton and we'll talk to Ratboy. What's going on, Ratboy? <laughs> oh boy, I just got good news and some bad news, and it's a spoiler alert. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on, I got it queued up. Wait, wait. Sorry, it's taking long. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I got it. Bad news. All right. Bad news. Bad news, rap boy. Last night, okay, on mm-hmm. Raw, okay, mm-hmm. what happened was that the general manager mentioned you got to watch out for, for Lesnar, right? But okay. mm-hmm. somebody else he's going to be there, too. The spoiler alert is going to be Strowman might be coming in this weekend at the Survivor Series. Where did well, you get I heard that? Brock was gonna, I heard Brock was going to huh? be at the Strowman show. Strowman's coming December, back. Right? Yeah. Is he? Is he? Good old Brock. Who's the next opponent? Is he going to do the huh? dream thing again? Oh, I hate it. I'm not sure. Were they playing the training music and he ran around the ring? I can see you already, okay? That that would be a good match, okay? Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Strowman, a triple threat match. Did we see that already? You remember the last time? You remember what happened the last time Brock was in the ring with Braun Strowman and Braun was, like, being stiff with Brock, so Brock had to punch him in the face? Remember that, Rappi? Yeah. To calm him down? That was Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Rapley, no, I think Sherman's going to show up this weekend. Sherman's going to show up. I think I okay. think the next opponent for Roman Reigns is going to be Xavier Woods, which I'm okay with because he kind of – Aaron, he's worked hard enough. He deserves that spot for a little bit. So that's why I think Roman's next opponent is going to be Rapley. King Woods. And, and I think I'm right. He's been a good he's king. He's been funny. Uh-huh. I love that he's, I mean, he's been a very new. 
He calls yeah. Jim, he calls Jimmy he calls Jimmy Uso James Uso. I like that. Yes. I think I, 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 I think I'm, the king the hold on Rapway. The king and the queen both consulted with Booker T, which I really like. Um which is awesome. for ideas. Yeah. For for royalty. Like Zelina's mm-hmm. doing like that fake British accent. Yeah, which is I'm like amazing. Kid. One of the funniest And, and then you got Xavier, movie. yeah. I remember when Booker was doing the accent. And, you know, he's doing the kingly accent. And Primetime came and they stole his wallet. And he realized they stole his wallet. And he snapped back to old Booker. He's like, yeah. oh, hell no. Where'd they go? And he was looking for uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he was a great king. Very majestic. Uh. Go ahead, Radford. And, 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 I can see, and I think I'm right about this, about when WrestleMania comes around. Mm-hmm. A triple threat match against all three New Day players for the for uh, the Raw Championship belt. Wow! How many times? How many times do they have to tell you people they don't want to fight each other? I feel like they say that every <laughs> month. They might have to do it. That's what the fans want. That's what the fans want. All three no, in the ring at the same time. The best of, of the New Day. Who is Did the best of the New Day right now? Uh, enough of that silliness. Did you hear like the real rumored main event for WrestleMania? I was. It's exactly what I knew they were gonna say, but I'm so disappointed. I did. I did. Yeah. I did. And it's sure. Right. Did you hear it? <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah. So nothing happened as usual. So they they they're re- planned <laughs> oh, WrestleMania main event. Their biggest names that they can come up with for night two: Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. And Drew McIntyre in a triple threat match. Wow, really? I think that's been done so many different ways. Oh, wow. I would have rather had straight up Drew and Roman. Honestly. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah, might as well. I, 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 can't, I can't stand how everything's triple threat now. It's yeah. like they always got to do it, and I hate it. Who is maybe maybe they're listening to me on your show? Oh, we're gonna make this into a threat threat match. Cause I think I think this kid likes it. I, I think because once did I say something before about WrestleMania and they made that match for WrestleMania? You didn't say they were gonna fight each other. Um, but I need no. somebody to explain to me either either Brock doesn't like Bobby Lashley or some. Why aren't they doing that match? There's, there's somebody in the other person. Yeah. yeah I thought they were like good friends. I, I don't know why they're not doing it. And the time That's to do it was like last year, year, not even this year. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's it, it was it's one of the few fresh matches they have left and they just refuse to do it. And I don't understand. They do Goldberg, which doesn't and then they have uh, Goldberg beat Lashley. Like I don't know. That just didn't make sense to me. Uh-uh. I, I to me feel so, uh, Bashley, have him fight Lesnar. Yeah, you're right. That that sucked. That sucked. I, I don't get it. Now, now he's destroying I, the Mysterio family every week. And it's that time of year, you know, what is it? Uh, are we having a big party next week right here on the VOC Nation? Celebrate Thanksgiving? Have some sweet potato pie? Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's a good one. The sweet potato pie. The sweet potato pie. Versus, Have a good night, rap boy. Have a good night. Versus yeah. the, the finger licking good chicken. 
I was going to say, can I get a finger licking good? Finger licking good. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. I love you all. And you all take care. Right, I don't call in next week. You all have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. We got sweet potato pie. We, we better talk to you next week. What do you think about my interview with Jimmy Hart? I, I didn't hear it, but I saw a picture. I said, wow, you met Jimmy okay. Hart again. Yep. That's okay. And he's, okay. he's great okay. as always. Oh, That's okay. Baby, baby. Uh, I'm too old, but I sure got to go. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. I'm too old, but I sure got to go. I love you, Rob. I need a one-on-one talk to Jimmy Hart. Me and him. One-on-one. I wouldn't do that to him. I wouldn't do that to him. I love you, Rob, boy. Have a good one. It's funny with Jimmy Hart, Derek. I don't know if you saw it, but um, yeah, because I was out in Las Vegas for like my my shoot job, you know, <laughs> and uh, and I'm interviewing people at this at this tech conference, and then of course the voice of choice, Bruce Bird, he's he's uh he's very involved in that sector as well. So he had Jimmy Hart at the booth. Signing autographs and taking pictures with all these people. So, of course, I had to interview Jimmy. And the great thing that, about Jimmy Hart is, like, no matter what questions you ask him, he still has mm-hmm. his script that he runs through. He, he doesn't answer your questions. He just kind of says what he wants to say. <laughs> because he's terrified of offending WWE. Uh, that, I, can, I can understand that in a way. Well, yeah, the guy's a legend, you know. He he knows he knows, and you may not agree with it, but like whenever Hulk Hogan's on Raw, you know oh, he's yeah. right there he's with there. him, baby. Yeah, every he's time. There. He he's might have nothing to do with any of it, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's there. Just, yeah, he's just he ain't there. gonna he's mess that up. Yeah. yeah, I ain't mad at I ain't like mad at you, Jimmy. Get that, yeah, get that check. Like when uh, <laughs> like when it was Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and they were doing the Saudi Arabia thing. The so two of them face to face, and who's in the background? Cool, Jimmy Hart, baby. I remember, I remember they had a they had the birthday party for Hulk, and all the legends were in the ring, and Brock Lesnar comes out, yeah, and Brock's staring at Brock's staring at Hogan, and it's Jimmy right behind Hogan with the megaphone, looking at Brock. Like, go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you and you just know that Jimmy didn't get the format before he went out there. They just told him to just stay out of the way. <laughs> Should I try it? Forget it, Torah. Forget it, Torah. I tr- I gave her three chances. So. Uh, and she has the nerve to hit that little button that says "Talk to me, please." <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, <laughs> that's where we are tonight. I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Um, yeah, I don't think so. Survivor Series is coming up. But, oh, I did want to mention the Moxley thing because that kind of broke after. I, I know that there are some people who like, and a, a very few, I, 
Honestly, I, I think that the world is becoming, like, gradually more and more accepting. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just, like, the, the area of the country that I live in. But, like, when Moxley pulled out to enter, like, drug or uh, alcohol treatment, like, I, I was surprised by how much everybody was like, you know what, like, good for him, unfriend me if you don't mm-hmm. agree. Which is, like, yeah. my favorite phrase. Now, block me, if, block me if you disagree. <laughs> you know, but nobody did that. You know, nobody, uh, nobody really trashed Moxley for that, and I, I think it's good um, because that's the culture that we need to create, especially in like a troubled thing like wrestling. You know, where there's so many demons out there. I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, especially in wrestling, where if this was, you know, twenty, thirty years ago, he doesn't, he possibly doesn't get help. He just fights those demons because you got to make the next town. So uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was you know I thought it was great that he he went to get the help, and it, it sounds like he's doing well. You know he he has a, a new baby at home and a wife, and you know I'm I'm just glad the guy's doing all right. For sure, for sure. So I I thought that was a really good thing. Um, yeah, I think that's about it though. Nothing else major. Oh, this was fun. This could be a fun one to uh, kind of go out on. <laughs> it's a fun Vince McMahon story. <laughs> it comes from Kurt Angle. And I love me a good Vince McMahon story. He um, he was talking about when Vince was had brought Mike Tyson in. And, and he said, uh, Angle said that Vince wanted to box Mike Tyson, like he wanted to spar with him because Vince wanted to know, because obviously Vince doesn't do anything that he wouldn't, like Vince doesn't ask anyone to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. So he wanted to know what it would feel like, did you hear this, to get knocked out by Mike Tyson? This is what Vince wanted to do. That's what he said. That's what Angle said. Vince wanted to box him because he wanted to know what it felt like to get knocked out before he asked anyone else to do it. He is. You know what? You can say a lot of things about Vince, boy. But he's a a crazy son of a bitch, boy. Holy shit. He really is. He's nuts. Remember when he fell off that cage and, like, (laughs) he, like, broke his arm or whatever? Oh, my God. Whatever. What did he break? I forget. He broke something. Shoulder? It looked like... yeah, he like fell on like the the, the end of the table, or like he broke his back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It is like that classic story of like in the early '90s when like they went to the strip club and uh, everybody was doing their finishes on Vince. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know the story I never yeah. heard. They were t- they were talking about how um, the steroid trial. I think Jim Cornette told yeah. the story. Hmm. And and during this during the steroid trial, they had Offa and Sinker sitting in the crowd and they were making faces at the jury trying to scare them while the trial was going on. So they used Offa. <laughs> which, which is amazing. Uh, and I love the I, I love the relationship between Vince and that family. It's like it's always something crazy. I see why they all love him. That's funny. That's really funny. 
surprised they didn't mention that during the documentary. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jim, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of Vince and offense. Jim Cornette also mentioned that when Vince would go partying in the 70s and early 80s, he'd take offense sinker to be his bodyguard in the club in case anybody got out of hand. So, I have heard that. Yeah, I have heard that. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, Derek, did you have anything you wanted to plug on the way out? Uh no, glad to be back. It's been a hectic couple of weeks around my house. Uh, as a matter of fact, my son just reminded me, apparently we're going to Survivor Series on Sunday. I have no recollection of that, <laughs> but okay. apparently we're going. So, uh, Where is it? I at MSG? Oh, right. It's in Brooklyn. So, Brooklyn, uh, okay. You know, well, I, I know the, the, the buildup has been pretty terrible, but on paper there's some great matches. So you'll get Shinsuke and you'll get uh, – Damian Priest, and you'll get Biggie and Roman, so there's some good matches to be had, but I completely forgot that that show is this weekend. Do you think there's a chance that Rock shows up? Oh, I hope so. That'll make it worth it. Me too. If Rock shows up, then I'll have no complaints. But I'm just thinking, like, it seems like he's been protesting a little bit too much recently. And that just reeks of, like, hey, we want to, like, throw people off. Yeah, yeah, and this month is apparently it's because I, I saw a, a picture of picture of uh, Damian Priest dressed as the Rock and Matt Riddle dressed as Rocky Maivia. So apparently this week is the a Rock Appreciation <laughs> Month. So so maybe twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. That's good stuff. Well, Derek, it was great to have you back. Uh, I'm not yeah, sure what's happening with the new guys. I they they signed a temporary contract and uh apparently mm. we let it lapse our our legal de- department let it lapse so they're uh, <laughs> they, 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 they have to the offer but they still get home. Yeah, I, I don't think it's looking good. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh <laughs> but we'll be okay. So it was good to have you back. Uh Stro, did you have anything back. that uh Yeah, for sure. What, uh, with what, Thursday, what are you going on? Yep. Well, okay, with Thursday, WCW Retro, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on VSNation.com, uh, 9 o'clock, uh, we'll be discussing creating our own Survivor Series team past the present. So if you'd like to call in and create your own Survivor Series team, please tune in. It should be a lot of fun. And um, Friday night, on the Horror Side by Show Show Zone, Midnight Eastern Standard Time at Facebook.com slash Show the Maestro. Uh, the feature for Friday night will be Night of the Comet, the 80s. We'll All right, very cool. Uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in to In the Room this week right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Be sure to check out all the great content that's available, uh, both on demand as well as live. Go to VOCNation.com and check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to the Mecca, Brian Johnson, for the time tonight. It was uh, really great. It was good to catch up with him as well. And uh, be on the lookout for everything that he's got going on because I think of all the stars of Ring of Honor, I think he's somebody that really is going to be taken off um, in the near future. So be sure to check out the Mecca, Brian Johnson. Uh, that's about it for me. I'm off from my wrestling shows until next year sometime. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Everybody take care of each other. Be good. We'll talk to you real soon. Love you all. Bye-bye.